0: Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, and Desmond Ritter are from the 2022 quarterback class, and they're all positioned to be starters in 2023. How has the Steelers, Commanders, and Falcons built things around them? We're grading and evaluating those situations today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
2: You are locked on NFL scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day.
0: What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Lockdown Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Lockdown Dolphins and we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Lockdown NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being
1: here very, very much. Happy Joe and Kyle take on second-year quarterback situations day uh, on Friday, May 19th, 2023. To you, Joseph. Man, I thought this was going to be more of a celebration of
0: the Panthers win and Vamos gatos, baby. And, and what was the up uh, there was another big one? The uh the, this, heat? the Heat beat the Celtics, right? Yeah. South Florida Sports having a hell of a spring. Wow. Wow. Setting the tone here. Maybe this is gonna be like Tampa that year.
1: They had all that success. You yeah, know? was the uh the Lightning, the Rays Bucks? played in the World Series and the Something, Bucks yeah. won the Super Bowl? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll see. That'd be pretty oh. cool. <laughs> Would it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie, it'd be pretty cool. As a, but just as a newfound hockey fan, I have to be completely honest. I did not stay up for four overtimes.
0: Oh God, is that what happened? I have no idea. I yeah. saw your tweet at 5:30 this morning, and yeah, Panthers no, I, um
1: pa- Panthers played in Raleigh, which I learned yesterday that Carolina plays in Raleigh. I thought it was Columbia, South Carolina. Dude, we literally had this conversation. I know we did. That's what I'm. No, I'm, acknowledge- I'm acknowledging our conversation. That's the reason why I found out, which is crazy because most people think they play in
0: Charlotte. Then there's people that think they play in Greensboro, but they actually play in Raleigh. But somehow you were on Columbia,
1: South Carolina. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I um, I'm gonna have to see how long the drive is to Raleigh for game two. I have to go. I don't know. Oh gosh,
0: if you go I'll, <laughs> I'll meet you there. Okay,
1: great. It's a shorter but, drive for you than it is for me. I'll tell you that. Hours for me, I get up there. Um. But, yeah, they, they went down one nothing in the first period on kind of a BS cross-check penalty. So they had a 5-on-3, and they killed it until there were three seconds left. And then Florida two scored two goals in, like, two minutes in the second period, and then Carolina tied it, and then they went to four overtimes. And with 15 seconds left in the fourth overtime, uh, Carolina turned it over in their own zone, and, and Florida scored. So oh, wow.
0: Yeah, it's kind Gatos, of You're- a
1: resilient bunch, man. Hey, you gotta you gotta hand it to hockey, man. They're like, you commit a penalty, you gotta
0: play with less players. Right. That's crazy. Imagine jumping off sides. Gotta go with. Gotta
1: go with ten. Right. Gotta play with 10. play with ten on this this down, guys. Sorry.
0: <laughs> like, wait, what? This is no longer the same game.
1: <laughs> yeah, a little little different, a uh, little different experience with with penalties. But um, we won't bore anyone with any more hockey talk. We'll get into these second year quarterbacks. Of, of course, we did the teams of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Washington Commanders and the Atlanta Falcons over the course of the last few days here on the show. And the objective is to grade out, in accordance to six different categories, each of these second-year quarterbacks and their situation, aka how well did the team do to to build around them, and then put that number of that grade across those six categories into historical context by looking back at the scores that Joe and I have given rookie quarterbacks in the past. Let's do it. Starting with Kenny Pickett, quarterback, Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: Joe. Yep. So we got the categories: coaching, quarterback room, run game, offensive line, pass catchers, and defense. We'll start with coaching here with Kenny Pickett. Mike Tomlin, obviously, pretty experienced NFL head coach. Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, returning for a second season with Pickett. Uh, Mike Sullivan's the quarterbacks coach here. Uh, spent time in Tampa with Josh Freeman. Also, with the Giants and Eli Manning, not like rookie version of Eli Manning, but kind of late stage Eli Manning was with the Broncos in twenty eighteen. It was actually out of coaching in nineteen and twenty. Came back, um, and then they also have. Uh, uh, I had a shout out David Corley, who's in his second season in the NFL, and uh, he's a William and Mary guy. Oh, I mean, okay. If, I was if you know where we were going with that one, dude. McDermott and Tomlin are. If there's a if there's a William and Mary guy that has a chance. In the NFL, they're, they're going to these teams. So we'll, we'll, we'll stay, stay tuned here on David
1: Corley. So I gave this a 4 out of 5. And the reason I gave it a 4 out of 5 is because I feel like Mike Tomlin gives you a certain floor. Mm-hmm. And if you were just grading on the head coach, Mike Tomlin would probably be a 5. Like Tomlin's the coach that if he continues coaching into his mid-60s, He's a guy who has a legit chance to chase down, like, the wins record type of success, is what he's had in his first 15 years or so as an NFL head coach. And he loves it, dude. And he, yeah. Dude, we see him every year at the Senior Bowl, man. And he is as
0: engaged and enthusiastic on the field, just chopping it up. You know, he's not down there
1: to slam beers.
0: Dude, nothing like Mike Tomlin on the field
1: at the Senior Bowl. In case you thought he was running out of gas. He but, yeah. When your OC's Matt Canada brings it down, I I can't give you a five no matter how good Mark Tomlin is. So I gave this a four. I think it's uh, obviously the the track record of coaching speaks for itself with the, the success that Pittsburgh has annually had. Is it an ideal coaching staff for a young quarterback to maximize him? Probably not. I know there were a lot of Steelers fans that were hopeful for a transition at the end of last season with the offensive Blake R. They bring Matt Canada back. Sometimes the devil you know is better than the devil that you don't. I get it. You could also certainly do worse. We saw what the Dolphins did in 2021 and what the Patriots did last year from an offensive coaching staff perspective. So um, continuity is not a bad thing. I gave it a four. Uh, Tomlin gives you a high floor, but Canada prevents me from maxing it out.
0: All right, I gave it a three and a half, and here's the logic behind my math. I, I too agree with you on Mike Tomlin. He sets the bar really, really high. So I, I put it okay. at four and a, put it at four and a half, right, with Mike Tomlin only uh, a half point doc because he's defensive minded. But I kind of love the idea of Mike Tomlin working with your rookie quarterback or your young quarterback. I think it's a good thing. Uh, so we're at a four and a half. Matt Canada brings it down to a three. All right, I think that's a that's a hit, and then it goes back up. Courtesy, because you have um, a William
1: and Mary guy on staff.
0: You know, well, Mike Sullivan. I think I like his I like his background <laughs> as a quarterback coach, the assistant quarterback coach. Um, you know, the William and Mary guy can never go wrong there. That brings it back up to what I, give it, a, uh, half, I give it
1: a three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. half. Now, case in point, just four is tied for the best of any of the coaches that I gave in the rookie class. I gave the coaching in Carolina a four. I give the coaching in Indianapolis a three. I give the coaching in Houston a two. And if you're wondering why I gave those numbers, that'd be a great excuse to go back to last Friday's episode and listen. Uh, Joe, a three and a half is the second best score that you gave out of coaches that we've done, including the rookies from last week, behind Carolina with all of the accomplished coaches that Carolina has assembled on their staff offensively.
0: Quarterback room here is Mitch Trubisky, the newly extended Mitch Trubisky. (laughs) My guy has settled in. He settled in. He said, you know what? Living I'm going to be life. the backup in Pittsburgh. I love what's happening with my life right now. And obviously they think he's an important member of this, this quarterback room. Actually brought back Mason Rudolph as well to go with Tanner Morgan. I, I kind of like the dynamics of this room. I, I gave it a four.
1: I like the dynamics of this room as well. I just happen to give it a three and a half.
0: Okay. And as a reminder to those listening, three is perfectly average. Four is above average. Five is like perfect. Two is I would say four average, is good.
1: Is I would say four is good, and three and a half is above average. Okay, so Kyle thinks it's average. And above then four average. and a half is four and a half is excellent. And then five is utopia. Well, I gave it a four because I think it's. So you think it's great? I do. I, I think think really it's a like great it. quarterback group.
0: I mean, if you extend Trubisky,
1: or good. You think it's good?
0: Like You must think he is really important for that quarterback room and preparing Kenny and all that that means.
1: What I like about Trubisky is with what you saw with Kenny Pickett last year, I think there's an ample amount of overlap between stylistically how they play the game. Yeah, that's fair. Now, obviously, Trubisky from a decision-making and accuracy perspective is where you hope Kenny Pickett shows growth. But I think if you have to play Trubisky, you don't have to change too much of the offense. And because they're like-minded, what Mitch Trubisky has gone through can, I think, be helpful for Kenny Pickett. I would just aspire to have a more accomplished backup veteran than what Mitch Trubisky. He started NFL like 50 played. games, man. He did. And he wasn't particularly good after the first uh, first 20. It was actually man. quite bad. Yikes. Trubisky slander. You know, and nobody loved Mitch Trubisky coming out of North Carolina more than me when I watched him go on the road and beat Florida State in that two-minute offense situation. This is, a, this is an MVP, man. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> running game? Yeah. Obviously, there's some acknowledgement of the tight ends and the offensive line, although offensive line is its own separate group. Uh, Najee Harris, your primary running. Jalen Warren... Uh, flashed big time last year uh, in a complimentary role. Joe, I gave this three and a quarter. I think it's marginally above average. I think Najee Harris probably shows a little bit more like the player that was worthy of a top 25 pick this year with the improvements along the offensive line. But I also can't sit here and ignore how inefficient from a per-carry perspective he's been through his first two seasons as an NFL player.
0: I... It's funny because I feel like I come in with a better perspective but a slightly lower grade. Um, or I get not a better perspective, a more optimistic yeah, perspective. Go ahead. Better perspective. Tell me why. No, <laughs> that's not what. No. So this is my thought. I gave it a three. And I might talk myself into a higher grade here by the time I finish my analysis. Um, thinking back to the film that we watched on this unit, um, acknowledging that the left side we believe, or at least I believe, is better this year. Significantly yeah, Mason, better. Mason Cole, James Daniels, second season in the system in, in playing next to each other. But I remember watching whether it was Najee, Benny Snell, Warren, you know, it, they all had really good moments running the football. And I thought, yeah. all, you know, like, so I feel like with a better left side and, and some of those flashes and maybe a more dynamic passing game with consistency, like this running game could be even better. So I came in here giving it a three. And I'm coming out of here giving it a three and a half. So that's my final. Okay. And
1: that, that the question I was going to ask you is, you also gave a three to Caroline. Yeah, I got to bump it up. And I was going to ask you, would you put would you put Najee and the complementary pieces on the same level, skill wise, while acknowledging that there's situational stuff that? Oh, well, Miles Sanders had a phenomenal year last year as the second running option to Jalen Hurts behind the best offensive line in football, yeah. right?
2: So that enough. was
1: the tiebreaker for me as I also gave a three uh, to Carolina, and I wanted the, the grade to reflect a better situation than what Carolina has in their running game. Offensive line. Uh, we, we've kind of glossed over the addition. Broderick Jones, obviously, with the, the acquisition uh, via the trade. They signed Isaac Ciamalo. Speaking of that Philadelphia Eagles offensive line, one of the best in football. Joe kind of ran the gambit on the right side of the offensive line already. That puts Dan Moore in a position to be your sixth offensive lineman and and be a utility player that I think is pretty valuable. You have some experience with your backup interior players, whether that is uh, Kendrick Green, who is a third-round pick, who has kind of gotten some smatters of run and has some center guard flexibility. And then also, why Kevin Dotson? I was going to say, why can I not think of big old Louisiana there at left guard, but Kevin Dotson? Uh, who's been a starter for them as well uh, intermittently throughout the course of the past few years. So good experience. I I think the question is how the left side of the line gels. I'm optimistic about the outlook and how it's going to grade at the end of the year. But at the beginning of the year, because we do have some unknowns, I gave it a three out of five.
0: See it the same way. Three for me as well. Great. You want to do pass catchers? Yeah. So pass catchers here for the Steelers. Um, Deontay Johnson, the the handsomely paid number one receiver, yep. George Pickens in year two, traded for Allen Robinson, and then you kind of have some lottery tickets in Calvin Austin and Miles Bo- Boykin. We love Pat Fryermuth, the tight end, Darnell Washington, also there, and, and you know Najee Harris can catch it a little bit out of the backfield. Um, I gave this a three. I think that um, I just don't like the depth. I, I love the idea of Fryermuth. Johnson Pickens is your top three options. I, I do want to see all of that mature a little bit. Um, so I think it's I think it's a three with with potential to kind of go
1: up a lot, like we talked about with the offensive line. I agree with you. I think there's there's growth to be had. I think the big mystery is what Allen Robinson is going to give you. Uh, I think it'd be a little foolhardy to expect too much. But uh, the fact that you have Najee Harris as an involved member of the passing game. Who's gotten volume? Frauermuth was targeted over ninety times last year, if yeah. I remember correctly. Ninety-six Do it again, times, babe. I think. Hundred yep. targets for Pat. Go ahead and run it back. Uh you mentioned Deontay Johnson. You mentioned George Pickens. I also got a couple of the young guys that that are kind of you're waiting to see if there's a breakthrough. What what can Calvin Austin get you? I gave it just below a three. I gave it a two point seven five.
0: Didn't they get Hakeem didn't they sign Hakeem Butler this
1: week from the XFL? They did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Just so watch it all come together now, baby. Right. <laughs> never never Pittsburgh.
1: doubt a, a wide receiver when they land in Pittsburgh. It's nope, nope. kind of the general rule of thumb that we've come to accept.
0: Defense. The,
1: defense, yep. Studs up front. You got a superstar player. They, they cut Akella with a spoon this week. Yep. Um, but you've got a stud in Minka Fitzpatrick back there on the back end. Linebacker's a little bit of a question. I think the coaching certainly helps, but I'm not going to give too much grace to the personnel when we already graded coaching separately. So uh, I gave this a 3.25. I wanted it to reflect a better grade than what I gave the Colts and a better grade than both of the defenses that we graded for today. I do think it is marginally better than both of those because of the elite players that it has. So it's an above average unit I would grade it as, but... Uh, You have to see how the corner situation shakes itself out because there is some unknown there. Um, And you have to see how the linebackers uh, settle in because there's a lot of turnover there. And I think you have some limited players there. Give it a three and a half. I think
0: it's, I think it's above average, Um, man. If you get, if you get those, uh, those guys to be healthy, if Watts healthy all year, Cam Hayward, Alex Highsmith, some young players there. I think the corners are going to work out well. Um, because I think you have a nice floor with Levi Wallace and Pat Pete. And then, of course, some upside in, in Joey uh, Porter. I, I like what they have cooking. I, I wish their other safety spot was better. I wish their linebackers were better. But I really like everything else that this unit has. And, and like you said, there they do have some really good
1: coaching on the defensive side. Three and a half for me. Okay, so we we came in deliciously close, Joe. You had a 20 and a half for Pittsburgh. And Kenny Pickett, I had a 19 and three quarters for Pittsburgh, so we will contextualize at the very end of the show. We'll pull up the chart and you can see how we graded all the three of the units and, and how they compare to other recent uh grades. But uh, Joe, uh, pretty close grade here, which would be to expect to be expected. Um, because we saw this team pretty similarly. All right, we're gonna get into Sam Howell here in Speaking just a moment. Speaking of pretty
0: delicious, pretty delicious is built bars. Kyle, you know what I did before we recorded, I ate a built bar. Uh, we're enjoying the uh, the birthday cake puffs. These are actually covered in white chocolate. They are awesome. There's sprinkles on them. Um, and just like every built bar, they're delicious. They have so many great flavors, whether it's the birthday cake puff or the red velvet cake puff that I cannot wait to arrive at my house. Brownie batter, churro, you name it, they've got a great flavor. And um, it's like eating a candy bar, but they're good for you. They're low in sugar. They're low in calories. They're high in protein. This bar right here, 150 calories. 16 grams of sugar, 7 grams of, excuse me, 16 grams of protein, 7 grams of sugar. That's Those macros are off the charts. Stealing. So, so check them out. Go to built.com, order yourself a box. Use our promo code lockdown15. It'll get you 15% off your next order. Or you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up a box off the shelf. Folks, find out what all the hype is about. I think you're really going to like it.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
1: Washington Commanders. Our second team with Sam Howe. Uh, do we want to start with coaching?
0: Yeah.
1: Ron Rivera, Eric Bieniemy. Biany is the selling point here. Oh, he
0: because their their quarterback coach is a complete wild card. He's the first year guy. Tavita Pritchard uh, was only ever at Stanford. He was there for, since like 2010. Various jobs, working his way up, and now he's Sam Howell's quarterbacks coach. But yes, the redeeming quality here is Eric Bien-Ami, um as the leader of this offense.
1: All right, I just came down a half a point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's Zero all about
1: EB. T- Right, Eric Eric Bieniemy is the only thing that gets you excited. Obviously, Ron Rivera was the head coach in Carolina with a very successful quarterback in Cam Newton. But Sam Hale ain't Cam Newton. I don't care how mobile he is. I don't care that he runs around. I don't care that he's pretty stocky for a guy of a stat I don't care. He's not Cam Newton. And this I'm not sure the, Ron
0: Rivera was great for Cam either.
1: Right, we kind of ran him into the ground at times.
0: Right. In, and just- in
1: spite of all those running backs that we had and D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan...
0: Stewart, Jonathan Stewart, and Mike thank Tolbert, you. Colbert, Cameron Artist Payne, right. and Cam still toting the guys. ball.
1: Cam still toting the ball 200 times.
0: Insane. But also, just a weird mesh of personalities, too. Like, I don't think they ever loved each other. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah.
2: They,
0: so, benched, they benched him because he didn't wear a tie on the plane, man. Like, come on, dude.
1: So for B enemy, I don't <laughs> want to. I know we're. Oh, we, you want to drop, drop the Ron oh, and no, stat? No.
0: I've said it enough. It's getting worse every year.
1: Okay. Um, the the enemy has the potential to really have this offense boom, but he's also he is a little bit of an unknown because he hasn't been the play caller beyond Andy Reid.
0: There, there's a there's a person here that's redeeming on this staff. It's Ken Zempezi, who early two thousands Rams. Uh, Early Carson Palmer, Bengals. Like he's another player on this staff that, or a coach on this staff that's worth mentioning here when it comes to offense. I
1: gave it an a three. advisory role. I gave it a three. All right, I what did I give it. I got to go back. I gave it. A you three gave it a well. three, Eric Biani, enemy, baby. Let's go. We're banking on you being good, Eric. Because <laughs> if you, if you're not, this is worse. This is significantly worse than a three. I'm gonna tell you, man. Imagine if it was Scott Turner again. No. Can't we've upgraded. Hey, that's the good news here. We upgraded an offensive coordinator. We didn't. Uh, so the quarterback room bring in Jacoby Brissett. You, you, you bounce Taylor Heineke, you bounce Carson Wentz. You bring in Jacoby Brissett as your primary backup player, career journeyman, mid round pick, stable hand, limited player, I certainly think Hal gives you more from an off-structure perspective. So I think having that kind of veteran presence is valuable. I gave this a three and a half. I don't love it too much just because for the development of Sam Howell, if Sam Howell struggles in September, are you going to hear people in the media start asking for Jacoby Brissett to be the starter in October? Uh, There's
0: no question. Yeah, which
1: think, which in my mind is an element of having the right chemistry of a quarterback room that does make it a little volatile when you have such an unproven player.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a fifth round pick, started one game and I mean there's not there's not that much there that moves the needle for me. I think I think there's a, a good chance you do get that moment where Sam Howell has some struggles and it's like, well, Jacoby Brissett was kind of good for the Browns last year. Right. Let's put that guy in the lineup. I think
1: that's going to run the ball and had, had a good wide receiver in Amari Cooper. And yeah, you'll hear it. If Sam doesn't play well right off the jump, you'll hear it. Which hurts, which hurts this room in my mind.
0: Right. So if you can, if you can isolate it to Brissett being an asset for Sam Howell as great depth. Okay. Love it. But those dynamics could get dicey. Um, I gave it a 3.25 because I do really like Jacoby Brissett.
1: And I gave it a 3.5. All right. Next up is... Run game. Run game. Brian so you Robinson. have Brian Robinson, second-year player. You have Antonio Gibson, mystery box extraordinary. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, you have a day three selection in Chris Rodriguez Jr. who I think correct me if I'm wrong Joe second highest leading rusher in Kentucky Wildcats history. Is that that correct? Is Benny Snell number one? I, that be- dude had a- I believe so. Well here we are rabbit
0: hole of Kentucky. No, I'll, I'll,
1: I'm going to float around and produce this thing. You can talk about the the, the running run- game in Washington.
0: Yeah, You know what? I give it a two and a half here. I think this is a tick below average. There's Question marks that I have about this offensive line at center, at right guard. Um, you know, I what what's the what what does Norwell and Leno look like on the left side? I, I I mean, it's fair question marks. And then a second year back in Brian Robinson that I'd like, but is still establishing himself in the NFL. And like, what else do we have? I mean, Gibson can catch the ball. Rodriguez can be a downhill, you know, between the tackles runner. But I think there's a there's enough questions here for me to say, you know, what I don't think this is average. Uh, right now, I think it's fair to say it's a tick below, and
1: I gave it a two and a half. Well, and there's also a little bit of mystery in how Brian Robinson is going to assimilate to Eric Bieniemy's offense. We, we we don't know what that's going to look like, right? Yeah. Now you think about who have been the successful backs in Kansas City, and Not do they look list. like do they look like Brian Robinson? Do they play like Brian Robinson? I'm, it's just bad guys, though, right? Like, they've never had a, a dude. It's right. The only guys. guy that they tried to make be the guy was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire when they drafted him, and the ancillary exactly dynamics of playing the position have not been successful. Yeah. Point of clarification, Chris Rodriguez, third all-time on the uh, Kentucky program leading rushers list behind Benny Snell and Sonny Collins.
0: Oh, Sonny Collins. No idea. When did he
1: play? Uh, seventy-two to seventy-five. Yeah, that's why I'm not well familiar with Mr. Collins and uh, Rodriguez. Second on the rushing touchdowns list with thirty-three career rushing touchdowns behind Benny Snell's forty-eight. But you kind of wish they had a a back that offered something different here too.
0: Yeah, like, like who's what they winning had. the edge? Who's winning the edge on the
1: on this backfield? They're just gonna run at you. They're well, spread you out and run a, at you. That's a limited way to run the football. It is, which is why I also gave it a two and a half out of out of five. I agree with you. It's a, it's a moderately below average, but that doesn't mean I don't like what they have in Brian Robinson. I just I I'm curious how he's going to fit within structurally what they're going to do. Offensive line. Uh, I think the left side of your line is regressing in Charles Leno and Andrew Norwell. Uh, I did like I do like that you went out and got a potential replacement starter so you can have a little bit more consistency there in the middle, but is a third-round rookie out of Arkansas and Ricky Stromberg going to provide you with the steady hand? You're moving Sam Cosme over to guard. I'm coming down. I'm giving new this right a tackle. two. And well, a new right tackle. This is a two. And I like some of the pieces, right? Like Norwell's still an adequate level starter. Andrew Wiley coming in, already knowing the system, because he played in Kansas City with Biennemi. I think that's really valuable. But I just think there's too much much overturn with a new system, with some of your more consistent presences on the left side being players that I think are, are, as they're aging, getting worse. So I have to come down. I'm going to give this a two out of five.
0: Coming down two. I'm giving it a two as well. I have too many questions. Like the entire – you can you can ask yourself a legitimate question about all five projected starters.
1: I feel pretty good about Andrew Wiley. Still a new situation, right? <laughs> like that's right, probably the one. And, and, and he's going to be playing next to a guy who's – Never played right guard
0: with any level. Like I mean, what do you have, like 65 snaps there last year? one game he played he he
1: had a smattering of exposure to it last year
0: he's got a tackle body it's a little
1: yeah it's a little unnerving right okay so that's offense so now we got to go pass catchers pass catcher yes got studs on the outside oh boy yes we do i don't like logan thomas you don't have to whisper that. I mean, what he had like one decent year. I know, but last November you'd give a tight end to Washington in the mock draft and they'd be like, oh, we got Logan Thomas, we're fine. Oh, well, I think now they'd like a tight end. I'm sure they would. I feel like the play of Dotson and McLaurin, though, with a quality depth option in Curtis Samuel, who can be a manufactured touch type player. They're obviously invested significantly in all of those players with the money that they're paying Samuel this year, the money that they're paying McLaurin this year, where they drafted Jahan Dotson. They trade up for Jahan Dotson. Is that correct? Do I remember remember that correctly? I don't know. Maybe. I'll do my research on that after I finish my thought here. I gave this a three and a half. I think the wide receiver room is, is very, very good, but the other components are not. Yeah. I'm
0: with you on the receiver room and it's, it's a lot like, Okay, this is. Take this in proper context. Don't 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 do whatever you're gonna do right now. It's a lot like that. Like you think about what Sam Howell had to work with at North Carolina, in Deami Brown, in Daz Newsome. Okay, and, it's not as bad as I and, thought you were gonna go. In Josh Downs, like quick separation receivers, guys that can get down the field too. Um, I I can I, I like that, I like that. But yeah, I wish that they had more at tight end sure. I wish they had maybe a little bit
1: more depth, but Dotson and McLaurin, man, let's go. We can go to war with that. We'll give it a uh, three and a half. Case case in point, just to clarify, I knew a trade was involved, but they went the other way. They had 11 and they traded down to 16 oh, and okay. then drafted Dotson. Very good. Um, but they got third and fourth round picks in the same year to go down five spots and go get their, the guy that they were probably going to get anyway. Yeah, I like that. Uh, you contrast that to the trade market this year. It's pretty fun how year-over-year trade values can significantly sway the cost to move up or down a handful of spots. I think this was the spot that Olave went. Didn't New Orleans trade up into this spot? Am I remembering that correctly?
0: Man, you're you're trying to pull from the memory bank right now on things I wasn't prepared to get into.
1: Maybe they did. It was, yes. Garrett Wilson went at 10. New Orleans traded up to 11 for Chris Olave and then Jameson Williams went and then Jihad Dotson went at 16.
0: Receiver runs are really real. We we saw it right, that year. Just, when, we,
1: when are they get to start? Yeah. By the way, Traylon Burks went two picks after Dotson at 18. So there
0: you go. Wow. Half of the teens go. was receivers.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, I won't ask uh, about the 2022 draft anymore. Here it comes. If be ready for, for <laughs> it. <laughs> D... Defense. defense. Oh, didn't, didn't Washington trade up for uh, Derek Forrest in last year's yeah. draft Joe. Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> spend 10
0: minutes on it. Uh, okay, so the Washington's defense, there's a lot of potential. There's certainly talent here. There's first-round picks all over the friggin' place. And for me, though, like I got to see it with the defense. I got to see Chase Young have some juice. I got to see these linebackers come together. I want to see how this secondary comes together and matures a lot of young talent there that i like, but you know, what does it look like in a tough division? So a lot of times when I'm trying to grade the defense for this context, this lens of the rookie quarterback, it's it's, it comes back to like, how much can they rely on this unit? I don't know. Like, I I don't know if I can give it a three, I got to give it a tick below a three, which is the average grade. I'm I'm coming
1: to a, uh, 2.75. Yeah. Two and three. I'm going to give it a three. I think when, when you put it through the grading scale that we are grading all of the rosters on, of the, the, the teams that we are doing when we do the deep dive, and at the end of the row we're going to have all 32 teams graded, and it's going to be weighted for positional value, and it's going to give you a, a grand total number for a power rankings for all 32 teams' rosters. It grades comparably well to the other units that have gotten a three from me in this process. And that being it grades out comparably well to Indianapolis. It grades out comparably well uh, to Pittsburgh, although Pittsburgh I did give a a little bit of an edge over top of. I think it grades out a little bit worse than Carolina. I gave Carolina three and a half. I'm going to sit with Washington a quarter of a point behind Pittsburgh and a half a point behind Carolina. I'm going to give it a 3. I, I do think they have some significant talent to work with here and because of that I think it's an average group. Right, it's a sufficient it's come together. Group. I don't it's want to say come average, together. it's a sufficient group. It could be awesome. It right, could like, be really good, yeah. See like like see and not even being sarcastic, it could be right. a very good group.
0: Right. All right, we continue this conver Well, what do we we have to talk about where we finished here. Uh You
1: gave you gave Washington a 17, 17. with Sam Howell. Uh, it's tied with C.J. Stroud for the lowest of the 2023 situations that we have looked at so far, and I gave Washington a 17 and a half, which is uh, just—it's it, a point and a half in front of C.J. Stroud's situation in Houston this year, which is the lowest grade that I have given. So we we generally have both perceive Stroud's situation in Houston and Howell's situation in Washington as the least fortified of the situations that we have covered so far and we've done five plus now we have to do one more with Desmond Ritter coming up after a quick break
2: is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy either way join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for mock draft Monday on the locked on NFL draft podcast They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
1: Okay, Joe. Atlanta Falcons. Desmond Ritter. Started four games at the end of the year last year. Arthur Smith. Offensive Aficionado. I don't want to call them mastermind, right? But wide zone mastermind maybe is probably the best way to put it. For their their run schemes are very very good. Of course, you'll you'll play action pass off of that. What else do you like about this group because of coaches? Because you are a little higher than I am.
0: Um, well, I really like Arthur Smith and I like his ability to elevate quarterback play. Um, so I think that Desmond Ritter is in good hands with him. But also Dave Ragone uh, as as the other key member of this staff, uh, spent time with Trubisky, a lot of time with Trubisky in Chicago, and I think that probably sets him up well to influence here with uh, with Desmond Ritter. So I got to look at my grade. I don't know what I gave him.
1: He gave it um, three.
0: Yeah, I gave it a three. I mean, there's not a lot of depth here to their coaching staff of needle movers, but I really like the combination of Arthur
1: Smith and Dave Bergon. So. Here's where I got stuck with Arthur Smith. It's like Teron Armstead says, the film's a film, right? Falcons have won seven games in each of the last two years. I'd argue they overachieved winning seven games based on their talent. Quarterback play has not been good in either of the last two seasons as well.
0: Matt Matt Ryan in in
1: 21 wasn't Okay, Matt Matt Ryan threw for 4,500 yards, 26 touchdowns, 11 interceptions in 2020, the year before.
0: Right, but like he had nothing to work with. I think they overachieved, winning seven games each the last two years.
1: Like is Arthur it, Smith, it, it, is Arthur Smith on the hot seat? I think should, should Arthur be. Smith should Arthur Smith be on the hot seat? Absolutely. Okay, then then how are you? Regardless of whether or not they overachieved, how are you going to give this a glowing grade or or a good grade? If he's been here for two years, they've won the same amount of games. Quarterback play has not been good. But that's your justification to give him the grade that you did is because he he elevates quarterback play. Well, we clearly saw him do that with
0: Ryan Tannehill. I thought Matt Ryan maintained a level of play despite tough
1: circumstances, and who was going to get good quarterback play out of Marcus Mariota? Nobody. But it's I, just I, what what have like, you – I'm viewing I, him a little bit more from a what have you done for me lately You're
0: looking at him from a, a perspective of the wins that the Atlanta Falcons have. I'm looking at this through this perspective of his impact on Desmond Ritter.
1: I'm also looking at his track record of two years as an offensive coordinator in Tennessee and two years as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. If I'm going to hold him against the other situations that we are grading, if he is the centerpiece of the grading for Atlanta's coaching situation, I can't put him in the same bucket as what I gave Eric Bieniemy or what I gave Shane Steichen. I think the the work of those player of those other coaches, as kind of the centerpiece of why I gave the grade that I did, or, or like I gave a four to Carolina with Frank Reich and Caldwell's on that staff. I think I think this coaching staff is a step below that, so I gave him a two and a half.
0: I mean, I gave him a three, so it's not like I'm sitting here giving it a four or a five. I no, yeah, a, I'm not every saying every that you card. are. I'm
1: just because if you give him a three, you're putting him in the same bucket as. Be enemy. You're giving him the same grade as what we're giving the Colts staff. Mm-hmm. So I just if if I looked at it in a volume, I could see where you got a three. But if I'm putting him in the same conversation of those other coaching staffs, I wouldn't put him in the same tier. I think we
0: look at Arthur Smith to tick differently.
1: We'll find out this year. We shall. Quarterback room.
0: What do we got here? Taylor Heineke, Logan Woodside. Taylor Heineke, perfectly good backup quarterback. Logan Woodside, what I like about him is experience in the system, right? I I don't think he's a rosterable player in the NFL, but experienced player in the system for, you know, if he's on the practice squad or whatever they plan to do with him, I I think it's a reasonable situation.
1: I gave this quarterback room a Three. three average. Are you worried? I also gave it a three. I'm even more worried about Jacoby Brissett getting in the way of Sam Howell in Atlanta with Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter. Similar stuff. Yeah. We even saw it on Twitter yesterday because I, yeah, I tweeted about the Falcons. We did the
0: podcast, and people are like, well, you know, you, you say all this about Desmond Ritter, but this is probably going to be Taylor Heineke's job. Like, I don't know. Um, Arthur Blank seems to be in on
1: Desmond Ritter being the quarterback here. Um, That's not a good place to be, by the way. When the owners decided who the quarterback's going to be, that's yeah, that's, that's um, not the kind of influence that I would want on it for a third-round quarterback. If, so, I, if well, I'm paying Taylor Heineke up to $8 million a year to be on my roster, and the other guy is a third-year pick who looked the way that Desmond Ritter looked, and he looked fine, but you could tell the training wheels were on the offense, the best dude's going to play. And I think that's a potential roadblock for Desmond Ritter, especially if he doesn't play well early, assuming he is the starter when they kick things off.
0: Well, and if Arthur Smith's truly really in a make-or-break year, he's, he can't sit there and hope Desmond Ritter can figure it out, right? Right.
1: Especially with how open the
0: South is this year. There's a good chance that we see Heineke and Brissett starting games this
1: year I by choice. I would agree. Yeah. And while that experience is good – for the support of the young quarterback, it does take <laughs> right. away from the grade that you give it. Right, right. All right. So what are we we're both at a three here. Yes. Okay. Get excited <laughs> about this run game, though. Right. Go ahead. Uh, so we'll we'll get the offensive line in just a minute, but Cordarrelle Patterson, kind of multi-tool weapon to go with a young player in Tyler Algier, who's a big-bodied, physical runner, probably a little bit more effective downhill. But then you got Bijan Robinson and his explosiveness in, in all phases of, of running the football. On top of that, this is a four for me. And if Bijan's what we think he is, I think this could be even higher than that. Let me ask you a question. Yeah.
0: You're in a fantasy football draft, you own the number nine pick. It's a one year league. Bijan. You dra- you're drafting Bijan at nine to see a first round fantasy pick? Yes. yes. Is he really?
1: Yes. If you're I mean, if, if you're not of the zero running back theory ideology, yeah, and if he's if the number you, one. If, like the if you dynasty, want, to, right? Well, maybe some so. people would like these quarterbacks, but I don't know. Yeah, I know Richardson's got a lot of buzz, but I'd pick Bijan if I had it. I would I would, I I would pick more was. of a, a sure thing. Yeah, and they don't get much more sure thing than Bijan Robinson in this system.
0: Yeah, it's a stable of backs. It's it's the offensive line, this run game they
1: will be able to lean on. I gave it a four. Yep. Uh, the offensive line, however, uh, I gave it four and a half, two. Really excited about Matthew Bergeron stepping in at left guard, but you've got quality starters or better in my eyes, left tackle, right tackle, and right guard. And you have a left guard potential rookie that I really liked and then you have a couple of uh, a second and third year player in Hennessy and Dalman competing for center that the floor feels pretty high. They've both had starting experience. Uh, They are very, very, very good scheme fits. I think this is complementary skill sets mixed with the ideology of how you want to run the ball and what you want to be offensively. And this is married very, very well. And and case in point, Matthews has been a staple for a long time. Caleb McGarry was a first-round pick. Chris Lindstrom was a first-round pick. Matthew Bergeron was just drafted in the early second round before pick 40, I believe, if my my memory serves me correctly. And then in the last two years, they've drafted Dahlman and Hennessy uh, in the first few rounds as well, the, the third and fourth rounds respectively. So they've invested a lot in the last four years or so in this offensive line, and it's paying dividends. And I understand some of that came before Arthur Smith, but he really pulled the best out of Caelan McGarry last year. And, and this grades is one of the better offensive lines in football in my eyes.
0: So you give it a four and a half. I give it a 4 two, 5 I see it very, very similarly. Um, I, I love Bergeron. I had a first-round grade on him. Um and I think like even if he's not ready to go, it's nice knowing you have Hennessy to step in and in and play. Um yeah. but yeah, 4 2 5 for me. Okay. Pass catchers. Yeah, it's just kind of a tough conversation because like I, I love what London and Pitts can be. Um I don't think they have much depth. Right, I think they they kind of need Mac Hollins and Scotty Miller to like be meaningful. Um, John Smith, I think, will be productive or more productive than he was in New England, kind of reuniting with Arthur Smith. But I don't know that there's a lot of depth. And for like as much as I love Drake London, he's a second year player that's still kind of maturing in the league. Kyle Pitts um, didn't have the production last year, you know, like and there's there's reasons for that coming off of an injury as well. There's there's upside here. There's questions here. And so for yeah. that, I, I had to give it a two and a half.
1: There's a lot of to be determines. Yeah. With some of the, the bigger names and, and they don't have depth. So I think the Arthur Smith run game giveth and the Arthur Smith run game taketh away. And the Arthur Smith run game giveth is y'all are really, really equipped to run the football and put your quarterback in a lot of low stress situations. And you got eight out of a possible eight and a half out of a possible 10 points for running the ball on offensive line for me. But that means I'm also going to give you two and a half in the pass catchers just because the, the depth is not there. The talent at the top is there, but we got to see more from Drake London. Kyle Pitts has to bounce back and be healthy. It's not a team
0: that can get behind in games, right? Right. like, like That's, that's right. going to be an important dynamic. Is
1: don't, don't panic if you're down two scores in the second quarter, but if you've got 20 it's minutes left planning. in the football game and you need to go the length of the field twice, that's it's not going to be a situation that's going to work well for you. It's tough. Defensively, I gave this a three. Uh, I think the the free agent acquisitions of Jesse Bates and Calais Campbell and trading for Jeff Okuda and acquiring Caden Ellis, really excited about how little this works together. I do think it is a little bit of a chemistry experiment early on. And because you have so many new faces, uh, I'm a little worried about what the performance will look like early on. But I like the talent. I like the vision. I like how you finally put stuff around Grady Jarrett. Think AJ Terrell is going to bounce back this year and be the player that we expected him to be uh, coming into 2022, which was not quite to the standard that he previously set. So I give this a three, but I I think by end of this year, this could score higher for Atlanta.
0: Yeah, I think the arrows up here. I I want to see it all come together. That's kind of my question here. Um, So I give it a two seven five, very close to average. But look, just the way I see it right now, there's a lot of new pieces working together. It can be really, really
1: good, um, but I still kind of want to see it. So two seven five for me. So let's do the grades. I'll pull this up for everybody, and everybody can see how these graded out. Uh, Joe, we both had Pittsburgh one out of this trio. Uh, you gave it a twenty and a half. I gave it a nineteen and three quarters. We both had Atlanta at a nineteen and a half. And then you had Washington at a 17. I had Washington at a 17 and a half. If you look at that through the lens of all of the grades that we have given. Oh Man, I'm going to have to reframe just a little bit, Joe. That's my cue to start talking. Yeah, that's your cue to start yeah. talking because I got to make sure everybody can see the full sheet.
0: Well, I'll remind everyone of, of Kyle's, uh, Kyle's monologue last week about the correlation of our uh, grades here to wins and losses, as uh, evidenced on the great uh, machine testing that you were able
1: to pull off, chat uh, gpt I call it Chat GTP, but it's Chat GPT. That's football. Um, that's that's GT counter. It's when you right. say it's, G- in, it's ingrained in my head. Yeah. Um, so I, I do have it reframed, So thank you. Yes, if you don't like it, just please bear in mind that there is a. Strong correlation across several scientific tests of significance with data sets that are designed for large data samples and smaller data samples between wins and the grade of the situation that we have given. Now, obviously, we have a lot more. We're up to 17 situations that we have graded, Joe, and you can see in yellow... Uh, The ones that are lightly yellow are the 2023 grades that we have given out. So Joe Bryce Young 2023 remains the third best situation that you have graded across two years. Kenny Pickett, which we did today, is the fifth best situation that you have graded across the last two years.
0: I like that. That's good news for them. If you're a Panthers fan or a Steelers fan,
1: you like hearing that. Correct. And Howell and Stroud are tied for you for the worst out of this year's group, but we have seen much worse situations, case in point, by the 2021 Zach Wilson grade that you gave out and the Justin Fields 2022 grade that you gave out. Correct.
0: I, I You know, I'm just – this is not about what you just said, but I, I'm looking at Kenny Pickett and seeing him go from a 16 that I gave him in 2022 to a 20.5 in 2023. That's what's really kind of fun is being able to measure how they've improved these
1: situations year over year, and that really pops for well, me. And I have I have Kenny pick it up a quarter of a point. So I I had him at a nineteen and a half last year. So your starting point was much higher. My starting point was higher, but I do have him as a better situation as well. Yeah, I think it'll be really fun to see how um, how that Pittsburgh team does. That that AFC North is going to be highly competitive, but I think that's the thing that stands out, Joe. Is we, we've had some pretty extreme polls. Mac Jones, twenty twenty one was a a 23.5 for me and a a 24.5 for you. Trey Lance 2021 was a 23 for me and a 24 for you. And then we already mentioned the 2021 Zach Wilson, 2022 Justin Fields is. Everything feels like it's... Especially for me and my tiering... Middle of the pack. There's not like head and shoulders good situations to this point in time. Now, we're going to do some situations in the next couple of, or like, next week, where we're going to look at Trevor Lawrence, 2023, Trey Lance, 2023. Well, I, I guess not Trey Lance. Maybe Trey Lance. Justin Fields in another year. Mac Jones in another year. And see how they shake out. And I think that the third data point will those be fun. But I think my favorite stat here, Joe, as we get ready to wrap up the show, is we've done 17 separate situations, and you and I, our average grade is separated by .02. <laughs> Big week next week to see where we uh if there's any separation there.
0: How about this one also? Mac Jones, I had as a twenty four and a half in twenty twenty one, went ten and seven as a starter. Twenty twenty two, I had him down to a nineteen, so a pretty steep drop, right? That's five and a half points, draft dude Zoomath, if I'm correct there. Yeah, you he goes, nailed it. Goes down to six and eight. In his second season, after a ten and seven playoff appearance. Something to this,
1: man. I have a feeling we're going to see uh, Trevor Lawrence up there quite a bit this time around. But that's for next week. So you're going to have to make sure you hit subscribe. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on NFL Scouting. Joe apparently dipped out early, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, appreciate the everydayers who are locked in on a daily basis. Hope that you hit subscribe. Hope you enjoy your weekend. Come on back and see us again next week. Enjoy the weekend. Peace.